Hi, I'm Danielle Ross, your message clarifier. Do you have a message that astonishes your potential and keeps you entangled? Imagine how your life could be different if you rewrote some of the messages that you carry. Join me as my guest and I visit with you regarding the messages you carry. We will deconstruct messages related to love, death, trauma, race, relationships, and so much more. Go to my website to sign up for the podcast at www.themessages.net. I look forward to helping you rewrite the message you carry. Hello, everyone out there. This is Danny Ross, your message clarifier. This is my first session of my podcast. In this first session, I really want to just sit down and talk to you about who the messages we carry is for, what the messages we carry is about, and some of the things that we're going to have on our upcoming episodes. Um, first of all, I want to introduce you to who I am. I'm Danny Ross. I'm a, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've been in counseling for over 20 years in education. I've worked with families. I work with children. I've worked with um, community agencies, um, school setting. Um, and I've also been in practice, private practice as well. And, and one of the reasons that I... I, I kind of wanted to start this show is I think so much of who we are and who we become starts out at a very, very young age. And my first, um, my first thing that happened to me as a kid, um, it happened, um, my, the, with the death of my father, my father died when I was, a, when I was about four going, going on close to five. And in that time I was just, come to find out, I feel like more so in my adult life that I was majorly impacted by that loss. And part of that loss is not fully being able to engage in grief or loss at such a young age. For one, I was, um, I noticed some things happening around me, but I couldn't make sense of it at my young age. My dad had been in and out of the hospital for um, a couple of, a couple of months. I don't even know if it were, if it were years, but I always knew he would come back and forth from home and I would see, um, all this hospital stuff around his bed. And, and some of the small images that I have of dad is, um, he would sleep with his eyes halfway open. So even in that, I just remember that was really, really scary. I don't know if that has any connection to anything, but I remember that used to always kind of frighten me. And I remember him opening his eyes and he was um, he was messing with me because I was kind of looking at him and I wasn't sure if he was um, asleep or what. And um, he was just messing with me and um, playing with me. So he kind of um, that's just kinda one of those 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 things that I remember about my dad. And um, but one of the particular times when he came home, um, I remember there was this big gash on his neck. It almost looked like um, Frankenstein in a sense. He had um, these sewn up marks and it was really, really scary for me. And, you know, nobody talked to me about it. I didn't know what was going on. And so I remember shortly thereafter, he went to the hospital and I never heard from him again. I do recall us going to a funeral shortly thereafter, but um, 
I didn't know who the funeral was for, just to be honest. And so in that time, I saw a lot of things in me like, okay, I just could not figure out what was going on and what was happening and when dad was going to come back. But I knew that I just couldn't ask that question outright. I could tell people around me were crying about something, but I never knew the full story. And so I think that is one of the most pivotal messages um, of my life that's kept me in a place of, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm still trying to find my dad. Um, I know that he's, he's no longer with, with us physically. Um, but I don't know if I've ever really gotten that closure that I need. And people say, well, you know that he's gone now. Sure. I know he's gone now, but part of the grieving process is actually coming face to face with the loss. And I don't think I ever really got that opportunity to come face to face, even as a kid with that loss. Um, so I think that's the premise of the message we carry from a very, very early age. I'm the sixth child of seven children. I'm the youngest boy and I have a sister who's underneath me. Um, it's, as I said, it's seven of us and all. And we were taught that, you know, success is not an option. I'm not bailing you out of jail. You, um, there was an expectation that you're going to do well and you're going to follow the law. I'm not, I'm just, if you go to jail, you're going to stay in jail. And we had a strong work ethic and that work ethic, I think is, is something that keeps me grounded to this day. Um, I'm a hard worker. I try to multitask. I try to help people at all times. And, and in my communities, there was so much connected to, to community and, and extensions of each other. Is It wasn't just my family. It was several other families who were connected to me and they would look out for me and they would tell me if I'm wrong or tell my mommy if I'm up to something that's no good. And so those are the types of things that, that kept me or that keep me grounded to this day. But also in that there were some, there were some, some not so nice people or experiences that I experienced growing up as well, that kind of set some, some messages out for me. Um, I think some of those things even have the tendency to come up in my um, adult life. And um, some of you may be able to connect with that as well. Just, um, I remember my mom was a stay at home mom until my dad got sick and I think she had to start going to work. And so that meant we were going to, you know, different people's houses and to, to be taken care of. And I was just used to being with my mom and not everybody loves on you like your mama does. I just want you to know that. And so it was something uniquely different for me to get used to because I was used to having my mom around us and, um, and taking care of us. And like I said, so I think that kind of builds some areas of just not being as trust, trustful, um, as I would have been. I also, I come from the state of Mississippi, um, love being from Mississippi, had a great life growing up for the most part, but I did not realize we were so segregated to some extent until probably leaving high school. I remember sharing with someone, um, 
that we had the black homecoming queen and we had the white homecoming queen in her court. And I just never could, I never thought, well, I never really thought anything of it until somebody said, wait a minute, you had a black and a white homecoming queen? And I'm like, yeah, doesn't everybody? And so here we go again. So this is a this is some of the messages that we carry unknowns to us as to what's normalized. And for me, I'm like, isn't that how everybody does it? So we're talking about, I know, um, 1991 um, is the last time that they had the, is when I graduated and we had a black homecoming queen and a white homecoming queen. And I asked my sister, cause she, she was um, the first class um, when they changed the schools. And she said they did it that year. And that was 1993. So we're not talking about 1960s or 1970s. We're talking about still we're separated and that was okay. Um, and it just kind of goes to, to let you know, like this, this is sometimes what's normalized in different people's culture. And you don't know um, that everybody doesn't live this particular way. I remember there were certain places that I didn't go to as a kid. Um, I remember one of the one of the restaurants that I love to this day, and there's several others that I love to this day. And I think I love them so much because they were like, "You don't go to that place. That that is not for us." And it wasn't spoken so overtly that that is not for us. It's just I knew that wasn't a place that we we go. Going out for us was going to McDonald's or Wendy's. You know, some of the and it wasn't even a, a bunch of uh, places to visit at the time while I was growing up, you know, um, that were, I guess I would say, really, really nice to go to. But this particular place, I always wondered what was in it. And to this day, it's become one of my favorite places. Um, so I just go on to talk about so much of who we are and who we become is connected to our our history. It's so connected to our experience and it's so connected to our culture. And a lot of times I ask families when I'm working with families to to challenge some of the stuff that they were taught, to challenge some of the things that were said to them so that they don't transfer those things to their children. Because we know that children mimic what adults set in front of them. Um, and sometimes we don't like something, but we continue that whole cycle again and again, because why? Mama did it. Daddy did it. Uncle did it. My sister did it. But who is the person that's going to challenge that particular thing that we've normalized um, as, as normal and, and do something different? You may have to be that person to do something different um, when it comes to changing certain behaviors. Um, I'm a therapist and I've I've been in private practice and I've come to realize that I really like working with, um, with adult males because I think so much of who we are um, has been assembled from what we've, sometimes we don't even have conversations about who we are as black men or who we are as men. 
and so much is just kind of translated and you're supposed to watch dad and sometimes dad doesn't always have the best um he doesn't have the best life to be showing you certain things or just mimicking those things but we tend to think because dad was there whatever dad did was absolute perfect and absolute right and so sometimes in in sessions i have to challenge some of those thoughts i have to challenge some of those those ideas that we set up as typical or normal one of those that i hear often is well we you know we didn't talk we didn't we didn't share our feelings we weren't taught to talk about our feelings and so in that that's something that we have to change because you know, I notice with a lot of my my female couples, they want a guy who's able to communicate and a, a guy who's able to talk. And we're trying to create something that was really never established um, with some of the guys. And so we we have these two different people on a different journey um, and saying, well, he won't talk to me. And she keeps on nagging me about this. And so we have to figure out how we're going to build healthy communication, healthy communication. Um, Another thing that I often I've seen in the office is a lot of times as men, you know, instead of dealing with things, we retreat or we shut down. And so the messages we carry is about challenging some of those silent messages that we have as men, challenging some of those silent messages that you have as, as women, challenging some of those messages that messages that we silently have on race relations and that we, we, we silently have in our heads, but we never talk about. I think everybody in the world has a story or has a masterclass that needs to be presented. I just think nobody ever stops to ask the person to share their wisdom, to share how they became who they are. And so that's part of this 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 show, this podcast and what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about messages and how you became who you are and how certain things happened in our lives that caused us to be sort of sort of the person that we are today. I really love transaction analysis theory and transaction analysis theory is it's based on messages that we receive um, messages and we call them transcripts. Many times as a child, we we receive messages from our parents that tell us whether things are good or bad or we're making progress or we're doing well or we're or we're not doing well what happens though is when the child is still looking for parental permission um when it comes to life or they're fighting their parent who really never gave them a voice. The parent represents the the authority figure, the person who who made all the rules, who told you what was okay, who told you what was appropriate. So what we wanna do instead of being child to parent, we wanna move from the phase of child to parent to adult to adult. I don't have to ask for your permission to be who I am. I don't have to have permission to 
to say how I feel. But a lot of times you may come across someone who's never had the 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 platform to say how they feel. So you may run into somebody who is saying, you're never going to talk to me that way. And I'm not taking this anymore. And not that they're talking to you. They're talking to the parent or they're talking to that person who represents authority in their lives. I've written two books. One of the books is called The Messages We Keep and The Messages We Carry. The Messages We Keep is just a a collection of ideas that I have found like huge, um, huge things that needed to be explored um, that you know, I've seen or I've encountered in therapy with clients and the messages we carry is a, is a collection of thoughts, stories, ideas based on what it means to be a black man, um, in the 21st century. And some of the questions that we don't have with ourselves, um, some of the thoughts that we never clearly process but we're put into roles of being in charge of the home or being you're, you're next in line or you're in charge of the house while daddy is away or I'm leaving this family in your hands and you're 12. Some of those type messages. And also it's about the relationships that we have with other men. Are we okay with showing our feelings? Are we okay with, with showing emotion? Are we okay with really having friends to talk about different issues. And a lot of times we've normalized things like that as well to where either we have our hype guy, that person who is, we they hype us up and they never challenge us to be better. They're oftentimes very, very similar to us. And so I, I challenge my clients. I say, you know, Try to look at, try to find some some different types of friends so that you can can find out more about, you know, like just just differences. Um, but if your hype man is just hyping you up, sometimes you're never going to be challenged to be better. And when you need to be challenged, you're going to have a difficult time accepting um, change because nobody's ever challenged your thought process. I want to talk about um, like who made me successful. Um, And I would have to give that to my my mom and my dad. Um, Although my dad is not with us, I do believe that my dad really um, covered us in a lot of spiritual, um, just a spiritual life and just a lot of prayer. I know that he loved us. I know that he cared about us and I feel like my dad is my angel over everything that I go through. I I feel him. I, I sense him. um, And I know that my life has purpose underneath his purpose. If that makes any sense. I know that I'm here for a reason and I'm here sometimes to probably do some of the things that he was not able to do Uh, with my mom. My mom has been really, really strong throughout this and I always say to myself, if she can handle everything that has happened to her, happened to her, I know that I can handle it. Um, my mom, she 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 married my dad, and my dad, and well, he died when he was around his early forties, and then she um, she married again once I completed 
high, no, high, not high school, but college, junior college, community college. And shortly thereafter, um, my stepdad passed away. And so I just often refer to her as, as one of the strongest people that I know. And she taught me how to, to deal with such adversity, um, in times like these, I remember when my stepdad was, um, really ill and I told her, and and I think I was having a really, really hard time at my community college. And I told her, I said, I think it would be good for me to just come home and to just, and just help you out and see what I can do and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, that could have been a pivotal moment when I, when I was just thinking about that now. That is a pivotal moment to me possibly being where I am. Has she not told me, keep your tail in school, do what you need to do. That's the best thing that you can do to help us is get your education and, and me not having to worry about you being able to provide for yourself. Has she told me to come on home? I probably would have been at home and probably not been as ambitious as I am today. And so I give them mad props and um, I'm just, I'm just excited about some of the things that are are happening. Um, I just, I really feel like we really have to open our eyes up to challenge who we are, see who we are, know who we are, and not just settle for, you know, what we've been given and what we've been told and, and how we have to be. Um, we have to understand some of the messages that we have received. We have to understand just because I feel it, that doesn't make it so. Just because I think it, that doesn't make it real. Just because you made me feel bad about me, that doesn't mean that that's an accurate story of your life. So part of what we're going to do is challenge some of the stories in our lives. We're going to challenge some of the stories, challenge some of the messages that we've been we've been given and we've been um, we've been given to carry. But I want you to know that you don't have to carry that message any longer. You have a right. You have a responsibility to change the message that you carry, because many times when we change the message that we carry, it affects not only me, but it affects the next person who's connected to me, who's attached to me, because they won't deal in some of the negative behaviors and some of the negative um, accumulation of stories that's displayed in the relationship, that's displayed as a father, that's displayed as a worker. It is now our time to challenge some of the messages that we, that we carry. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to my first session. That gives you a little bit insight as to what um, the messages we carry is all about. I want you to guys, I want you guys to stay connected. I want you to listen to some of my guests. We're going to have guests who talk about grief and loss, domestic abuse. Um, I know we have someone who's talking about, um, love and relationships. And it's so many other things that we're going to talk about on this show. I know we're going to talk about um, 
religion and um, in faith. And we're going to also talk about um, we're going to talk about just just so, so many topics that. Oh, I know one that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about race relationships. Uh, we're in a crucial and a pivotal time in our lives that we really have to have not just conversations about race, but we really have to get into that place to where we understand um, how we relate and, and connect to one another and why we connect and operate the way that we do. And some of the things have to be changed so with, that we can build a better tomorrow, not just for ourselves, but but for our future. Um, again, I say thank you for listening. I look forward with you guys, you know, staying on this journey with me as we talk about messages. Have a great day. I look forward to hearing from you. And I want you guys to challenge the messages that you carry. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much for joining our podcast, The Messages We Carry, and listening to the show. Please stay connected through our social media platforms. The Messages We Carry on Facebook and DLR Counseling Group on Facebook. To follow us on Instagram, please go to at D-L-R-O-S-S-7-2. Your one-stop shop for all things The Messages, go to my website, www.themessages.net. As we go throughout our week, I challenge you not to hold on to negative messages, but to challenge messages that you carry. Just because you think it, it doesn't make it accurate. Just because you thought it, it doesn't make it fact. Just because you feel it, it doesn't make it real. I'm here to help you. I am your host, Danny L. Ross, your message clarifier. See you at the next show. Have a great week and challenge the messages you carry.